you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to the 34th annual Around the NFL Fantasy Extravaganza! With special guests... Marcus Grant and Michael F. Florio. Love those guys. Greg, brick by brick, Rosenthal. Rotopat, Patrick Darty. The Big Fish, Evan Silva. Also, Mark is here, and now your host <laughs> and the two time league F-U. of. Record champion should have been three if Brees Hall didn't get hurt. Dan Hansus! Oh, unbelievable introduction. Thank you and welcome, yes, to the 37th annual Around the NFL Fantasy Extravaganza. It is, Mark, it is that time again. I mean, the way that I was uh, billed there, um, which I did notice. Everybody got introduced. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I will allow that to reflect my uh, level of effort on this show, if that's what you'd like. <laughs> We're doing this old yarn again. It's not an old, old yarn. Mark it's, it's a gets fresh old old I'm going to sit out the segment, Sessler. Uh, you know, this is one of the only uh, shows my, my son Walker listens to every year, getting into his fantasy league, and you just have to drop a performative F-bomb right off Oof. the top. I tried I tried to uh, introduce the boys to Hard Knocks Episode 2 uh, yesterday, you know, tying it back together. Jeff Ulbricht, Jets DC. I, it's his fault. My wife pulled the cord after about five minutes. He, like, he went yeah. at it. I, I've, I've yet to see the episode, but he went down that road again. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got a potty mouth. Yeah. Check out the Hard Knocks podcast recap with Colleen Wolf. I also uh, did, look at this. Did the Rich Eisen show this morning? Wow. Nice. Get a tight a beautiful coffee cup. That's a weird way to hold something. Here, we'll do this. 
um, and talked uh, hard knocks. So that's fun. Were, but you, were you given that or did you lift that? Did you take that with Rich that? personally handed it to okay. me. And he, was, he said very nice things about you, Mark. Well, I'm a huge fan of the show right. now. He didn't. I already was. I oh, was okay. kidding. Well. But he, he would love like to get that. us on the old Eisen show there on Roku and radio and all that. It's good. But who cares about this? Let's talk about the fantasy extravaganza. Yes. Greg, you are, again, brick by brick. Uh, not triple G. You're triple B. And you've been <laughs> out of the fantasy game for a while now. And yet, for one show a year, been a decade. You're all the way back, baby. Yeah, this is we we started this podcast in 2013. I left Roto World uh, for the NFL in 2012. You know, haven't looked back until the last year or two. Now that my kids are in the fantasy league, um, you know, I try to help them out a little bit. Didn't help them out enough because they drafted uh, my son drafted uh, Tom Brady and Mac Jones back to back rounds one and two. Can't happen. That'll torpedo your season. I thought about joining their league this year, and then I was looking at the average draft position. We'll talk about it. And I was like, I would wipe the floor with all these kids. That wouldn't be nice because I got takes. I think it's, it's helpful, actually, to not be inside the fantasy bubble because you see where, like, they just get stuck on some weird loops. There's some weird logic inside the the bubble, and we're gonna pop that bubble. Through. Is it? Do Very you nice. feel like um, other fathers and mothers that are attempting to guide their young children through an initial fantasy football experience? Then they've got Greg Rosenthal operating as a dad in the same league. It mm. feels a little inequitable to me. Well, they they finished uh, sixth and eighth out of eight. So, oh, well. do you think it? Do you think? Yeah, that's crazy. Do you think Greg's name still carries clout within the industry? <laughs> Within uh, our industry, nobody knows the, fantasy, the fantasy industry. I think so. It's sort of like a founding father, like a, a an Abraham Lincoln type figure. I think to most young fantasy fans, a real Lincoln. I don't know. Maybe a little, a little Maybe uh, George over- Washington uh, on the Delaware. I'm overbilling. Maybe rep. I'm overbilling Greg a little bit with that reference. We're going to get to the extravaganza with our first guest in just a little bit, but first, let's get caught up with some housekeeping, uh, some news that we hit, and it, it, again, undefeated. We tape on Monday. As soon as we complete the show, uh, sizable nugs drop. So now we have to address it. Now, hit the news. Their I wanted this to be a bottle. Gasp. And are they going to play Ezekiel taken. Elliott at center here? Look at this formation. It appears that Zeke's going to go to center. This looks oh, like my flag football team. <laughs> Final play looks like barring a penalty. Oh. Prescott over the middle of the turret. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do with the 49ers. Back to the championship game. Listen, I didn't pick it. Eric Roberts back behind the glass. Uh, he, he pointed out that that is the final play of Ezekiel Elliott's Cowboys career. Yeah. Uh, getting pancaked as uh, in an absurd play call. Uh, not by Zaddy, by the way. Make it clear. Zaddy's calling plays this year. It's Kellen Moore's last play. Got call. Kellen Moore fired, yeah. maybe. And now yeah. he's in L.A. And everybody's like, oh, what a great hire. Playboy drew that up, okay, before we like start handing out flowers and, and Super Bowl rings in, uh, in uh, SoFi for the AFC team there. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get after Kellen Moore there, but just... Well, you had to. You're a journalist. Anyway, Zeke, he's done with the Cowboys. I kept thinking he was going to end up back with Dallas as, as the safety blanket there and, and the things that he still does well, like pass protection seemed to be something the Cowboys would want and the durability, but he's not. Instead, he's with the New England Patriots who signed Zeke to a one-year contract that's worth up to eight, six million. It could be significantly less than that, of course, and it probably will. Uh, Greg, uh, Zeke, listen, there are metrics, there are 
their stats like only 3.8 yards per carry that are not great. You pop the hood. Some of the metrics say he's one of the least efficient rushers in football last year uh, for his uh, workload. And yet he's still he's a name brand. He finds the end zone. He pass protects, as I said, very well. So there are reasons to think that he could help. Uh, New England in their depth at running back. It's fine, but I can't believe they're spending $4 million on a backup running back, an aging backup running back. It could work out. I, less could be more for Zeke. Instead of having all that workload, if you give him 100 touches, maybe he can be pretty effective as a as a short yardage guy. We know he's a great pass protector. Ramondre Stevenson definitely needed a backup. I kind of noted that in, in my column this week that they need to sign someone because they just haven't developed anyone behind Stevenson. But you let Damian Harris walk for half of this. Damian Harris is twice the, the natural runner that Zeke is. He's not durable, but it just seems like a position that it's strange to spend Four million dollars on your back. That apparently is what he's going to get. Three million dollar base salary, one million dollar signing bonus. When they signed him, I was like, is he definitely going to make the team? What if he looks bad? I guess he's making the team with with that signing bonus. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but I I couldn't agree more with the Damian Harris aspect. The Bill Belichick, the general manager, has um, cobbled together a questionable collection of skilled position players on offense. Um, I don't hate the idea of Elliott being used um, in short yardage situations. Um, I mean that will be need to be the case. He ran for two yards per carry over the last four games of last season. I don't think he's quite as um, shot as some people would suggest necessarily, but uh, I like the fit. I think it mattered where he went. And I think that if you're, you're going to get good run blocking in new England, um, I don't, if you're a Ramondre Stevenson fantasy guy, like this is not good for him. I don't mm. love it for him. I don't think it's bad. I just think he's, it a doesn't back. help, but I think he's at a the goal line. Maybe it, it could be an issue, but. I, he might vulture a few touchdowns. I just didn't think, uh, Mark, that Zeke had any juice in his legs the last two years, I, especially I, last I'm year. I'm not surprised he got a job, but I also like when he I would could, say When this. he got out into the open, which was rare, yeah. and it was time to turn on the Jets, he just seemed like he was lumbering rather He's than... Like, clearly, know. clearly not the same player, but I, I just right. I don't hate the landing spot. I do wonder, like, it's late August. We're weeks away from, you know, getting meaningful games, like... What has Zeke Elliott been doing all offseason? Do we trust that he's in the finest shape of his life coming off he's, of last year? He's been up and down, and he showed up to— I'm glad you brought that up about Zeke because I actually thought in each of the last two years he showed up in a, the beginning of the seasons. I was like, oh, Zeke looks pretty good. He's moving well. And then within about two or three weeks, he suffers a, a minor, they say, injury, and he always plays through it. He's got to be one of the toughest players of his generation. I mean, he's had so many— 2,100 touches in his career in, in seven years. And he always plays through it. But, like, he'll, something always happens within a couple of weeks, and then that little bit of juice mm. is gone. But maybe he can keep that juice if he's just, like, a backup, not touching the ball 20 times a game. I guess I'm trying to convince slight, myself, but I'm not really. Slight correction, it. Mark. It's mid-August, not late August. Feels like late August. Um, not to be outdone, the New York Jets finally get it done with uh, Dalvin Cook, the former Vikings Pro Bowl running back, a one-year Wait for it. Eight point six million dollar deal. Uh, up to eight point six. Up, up, up to up, has been up, doing up, a lot up, of heavy lifting. <laughs> up to, but um, I, we, I did get some details on that. I think yeah, it's seven I, base. Yeah. Okay, which is still juicy and sizey, and uh, uh, this is a move that made all the sense in the world for the Jets. And I don't worry about the money either because it's a one year deal. Why should you? And uh, you could always. And they they had some funny money because of the Aaron Rodgers. The outrageous decision that he took that pay cut uh, to to help the team and surprise the, everyone in the football world. So the Jets had some money laying around. 
Now, would they love to take some of that money and go trade for a right or left tackle? I'm sure they would, but that's they're not growing on trees at this stage. So they say, we have this money. Cook is playing hardball. Get him in the building. And I think it's so important uh, for this team with Brees Hall not to ask or expect him to be the dude in September, to let Hall, who came off the pup list a day later, work his way back. And, and if you could have a situation, Mark, here where it's Cook and Hall kind of sharing the wealth, 50-50 split maybe early on. Mm. And then if Hall starts looking like Hall again pre-injury, he starts taking over that room and, and, be, and becomes the, the lead dog with Cook as a, a complimentary player. I love the, I love the signing. I love the move. Uh, I, I think, like, Brees Hall last year was one of the more fascinating backs around, and the offense went completely off a cliff when he was injured. And so you don't know exactly what you're going to get from him out of the gate, so it's an incredibly wise depth move. Dalvin Cook, um, another guy that people talk about, like, sort of declining, uh, played through injury. Like, I mean, you get a, you're going to, he sounds like he's got a chip on the shoulder right now. He sounds like he's a little annoyed by some of the chit-chat out there about his game not being what it was. He also has a bad shoulder. He, He's, yeah, he, right. he won't practice for a couple of weeks, which is another plot. But all of it, though, yeah. it's like it's just like if you're the Jets, we get it. This team is going for it. And I hear people saying like there's a little bit of a dream team vibe to this, that Eagles team that fell off, uh, fell off the side of the universe like a decade ago. I don't think that. I don't think so. They've got a legit defense. They've stocked up on offense. The Aaron Rodgers generosity move allowed this to happen. If you're Joe Douglas, mm. no brainer. I liked it. I think Cook has been written off. Too much by the cognoscenti. Mm-hmm. Because I think some of his best skills, his vision, his instincts were still there last year. He didn't quite have the same juice because he was playing through that injury or the same bit of aggression. But it's the same thing with Zeke that I think if he's splitting carries, you get more out of him, except he's at a much higher level than Ezekiel Elliott is as a difference maker. And more importantly, I just don't know why anyone is confident Brees Hall is going to be a difference maker this year. He's coming off a really serious injury. He's just coming off the pup list this week. Counting on him to play in week one to me is, is asking a lot. I wouldn't play him. Right. And, And even if he is playing, like he's going to build up and you just can't assume he's the same guy. If he turns into the same guy by week six, that's great. But having someone else with him felt really necessary to me. And I think cook, they paid for it, uh, but I think he was undervalued in a sense that, like, he was better than everyone else that was possibly available uh, in this sort of price range this offseason. So he actually ended up getting paid fairly, I think. I think he was worth taking a shot at. I, I'd wish that the Patriots, for instance, if they were going to sign someone, sign Dalvin Cook. And, and also, like, Michael Carter and, and Zonovan Knight, are quality backs too. You've got depth there. I mean, it, what happened last year cannot happen this year. We, we should mention he has like a pending uh, legal case based on his domestic violence issue that th- you can look into. There's a, there's a lot going on there, but it's a civil lawsuit and that, that could be an issue that the NFL steps in at some point. It, or it could not, but it's possible. Worth noting for sure. Uh, this is a summer trope alert, but Brees Hall was measured at 23 miles per hour sprint speed. Mm. So he, he must be feeling good. The thing with the ACL recoveries, with running backs especially, you you just never know because it, sometimes a guy's not the same for two years. Adrian Peterson came back and ran for 2,000 yards. Now that's Adrian Peterson. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you never know, like, what kind of recovery the guy has. But now they have some insurance there. And I, I'm saying uh, Rich Eisen, Jets fan also, 
what we're talking about the Jets roster. The logic checks out that this is a good team. Now, will it be a good team? We'll see. Well, the schedule could send that sideways, but yes. It's a good roster. It checks out that they'll win a lot of these games that are logic and the Jets don't always go hand in hand, though. Uh, other news. Mentioned the Cowboys. Zeke, an ex-Cowboy, still a Cowboy, Zach Martin. They restructured the contract of their talented right guard. That holdout is over. Rap Sheet reported that Martin will earn uh, just over $18 million in each of the final two years of his contract. Mm. Uh, nice raise. Six-time All-Pro. And, Greg, this is an offensive line that, uh, you know, if and we talked about this a little bit with Ross Tucker on Monday. Uh, if things go to plan and they get healthy, which they weren't last year, uh, it could be a very good line, and Martin is a key to have him right in the center of it. Yeah, I don't think anyone was ever worried. This is this is where it's nice to get drafted by the Cowboys. They do take care of their stars, their future Hall of Famers, which he is. And, uh, like, He's one of the best players of his generation. He'll be like, you don't really think of Zach Martin, but one day we'll be watching him on, on the, that hall of fame weekend. I'm trying to think sure. who he was drafted right in front of what draft was that? Cause people, they booed him when, when Zach Martin, cause was, nobody wants to take a guard. Fans don't want a guard like, and then a guy becomes a linchpin of your roster and you don't feel that the same way. Right. It's like one of those things. Anyway, it's not sexy. It's not, uh, but they got booed uh, right when it happened. Oh, yeah, it was Johnny Manziel. It was from that freaking uh, documentary. That's why, because they wanted Johnny Manziel, right. and uh, instead well, the Cowboys chose Zach Martin. So good job by Jerry Jones choosing Zach Martin well, and Jerry Jones Johnny had Manziel. Some, he had some Manziel fascination, <laughs> and like Jerry Jones, the GM, used to get killed, and there seems to be more, there was some wisdom applied. That's a pretty big uh, fork in the road moment where you draft a Hall of Famer instead of Johnny Manziel. You know what, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Manziel doc tomor- tomorrow on Thursday's yes, show. Because there's I finally a, did it. There's a, lot, there's a lot to hit there. Um, in other news, injury news, didn't like seeing this right before we started. Buccaneers wide receiver Russell Gage, his season is over. Uh, after he suffered uh, an injury at Wednesday's joint practice with the Jets. I mean, it's Wednesday right now. It's still the morning as we're taping this on the West Coast, so they already know his season's over. Um, It was a non-contact injury sustained while he was backpedaling during seven-on-seven drills. Uh, This has been an issue for him, Mark, throughout his Buccaneers career. Um, His injuries are an issue. He took a pay cut to stay with the team, and now... He's out of the picture. And I really thought last year that, um, you know, when Tom Brady was one of the reasons. A lot of hype around him. Right. And I really thought he was an an underrated guy. Um, It didn't work out. And to lose another year, suddenly your career is just floating. And you've got Mike Evans, who's been getting rave reviews during camp. You've got Chris Godwin. um, But there isn't much else after that. David Moore, uh, it's real thin. And it just puts more pressure on Baker Mayfield slash Kyle Trask to make this thing work. And I mean, one of the one of the ugliest experiences from last season was Tampa Bay's offense with Tom Brady. It was a sluggish, hard to watch, discombobulated attack. It's not getting any better right now. Mm. I uh, I think people sometimes over overreact too much to the surroundings. Mike Evans and Godwin are going so late in fantasy drafts. Uh, you feel for Russell Gage, who I thought was a great signing by them a year ago, and it didn't it hasn't worked out. But fantasy wise, like all those targets are going to that dude. Even if they're not that good of a passing team, like someone's got to get a thousand yards. Those guys are are money. Come that might that come season. up later. And finally, the news: tragic news. This really sucked. Alex Collins, the former Arkansas running back who played five seasons in the NFL, including a, a very memorable run with the Baltimore Ravens back in 2017. 
He died uh, after uh, his involvement in a motorcycle crash in Florida on Sunday night, just 28 years old. Uh, you talk about, like, for us, the ATNR. We've gone into our 11th season. Uh, just a really fun story. Uh, he rushed for nearly 1,000 yards, came out of nowhere, had six touchdowns, and he was known as the guy that did the Irish step dance when he got to the end zone. He had, had been practicing it to work on his agility uh, with uh, a teenager that he was somehow connected to, like their family, um, and it was uh, a nice little story there. And and to see his life end like this, uh, it's, just, it's hard to even fathom. Yeah, I mean, reading about um, how it happens, incredibly tragic. But the people that played with him in the locker room, um, I think you kind of forget that these guys, uh, beyond just their numbers and like what they do on the field, some of them had these incredible personalities and got to where they were because of it. And he just got um, incredibly praised by the people that played with him. So I don't know. It's just like, man, like I, 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 this one stopped me in my tracks when I when I read how it happened. It's, it's really sad. He always said like when they would do the interviews, he had such a joyous personality. I saw that this school in Ireland where he had gone to the Irish dance school to like to like learn because it kind of became his thing. And mm-hmm. he went he went over there. I think it's called Drake Irish Dance. It's called. He, he went over there and um, made friends with all the people at the school, really had a connection with them. They actually did like a, a dance this week in honor of him. They said to know him was to love him. They, they became really big fans and and uh, apparently had like a, a nice relationship that continued throughout his his playing days so uh, rest in peace very sad Alex Collin Collin is dead at the age of 28 all right Uh, that's it for the news that's what's happening we'll be back uh, after a break and begin the fantasy extravaganza we'll be right back you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is time to dig in. We promised you high-level fantasy minds, so we got to start right inside the building with Marcus Grant and Michael F. Florio. The dream NFL team. Fantasy <laughs> studs. I'm sorry. Welcome back. Thanks, man. I, I'm digging the music. It's like a, an award show or something. Well, yeah. you deserve it. It's Thanks. a big deal. It's a big deal to have you here. It's a big deal. We, our whole thing is we're only going to do one fantasy show all year. We stay off your corner because uh, you guys do it well. But if we're going to do it, we're going to make it count. I love being part of the extravaganza every year. It's a good time. And I always love, like, I love Sessler's Fantasy Corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole deal. It's great. Yeah, Mark, uh, Mark's Have you retired? older. He's got, he's got money, and he just doesn't want to be on the corner anymore. So oh. we took the corner, him. as you remember, yeah. was a violent part of town. I mean, you were you wearing know. like a you know, combat helmet. Yes, or so I don't yes. need that at this point. Like the, the youth, more youth, like younger version of me was you know, keen to that. I understand. Yeah. I get it. Um, so in terms of like how we want to attack the conversation uh, with you boys, we thought just talk a little ADP and uh, average draft position for the uninitiated, which would be weird. You got to know that. Certain things you got to know to even compete in your league. No ADP, and and we could talk about uh, Greg. What what jumped out to mm. us? Uh, what what seems weird? Uh, what feels like a, a good value, a bad value? Um, maybe I'll tee it up this way, Mike. Who's your favorite kind of undervalued guy ADP right now? Mm. Ooh, I like Quentin Johnston a whole lot. Really? Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that uh, if either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams misses time, I, I think this Chargers offense Which is they going, will. Yeah, and, and I think this Chargers <laughs> offense is going to be one of the very best in the league now with Kellen Moore there. I, I think Justin Herbert could take a huge jump. And we went to Chargers camp a couple weeks ago. Their receivers looks like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like a, a basketball team, their receiving room, and he towers over everyone. So he could win downfield, good after the catch. I really like him. Uh, I like Quinston Johnston. I like I like Deontay Johnson in, mm. in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, he's that guy that you know, all of us who do this love Deontay Johnson because you know he's got the technical skills. He got a ton of targets, and then you know people who are more casual just look and say he didn't score a touchdown last year, and it's like sort of hard to argue that. But uh, one, you can't score fewer than zero, right? <laughs> so so regression, positive regression, has to be coming his way. Kenny Pickett doesn't have to be great. He just has to not be terrible because with the volume of targets Deontay Johnson gets, uh, law of averages says he's going to get in the end zone this year. I think the Steelers will be at least a little bit better. Um, and he's going like in the eighth round. I feel like that's Dang. a steal. Right. Yeah. I, I, when I was looking at the average draft position, I never look at it until the day or two before this show. And some things just stand out to you like that. And like there are great receivers available in that area of the draft, you know, Brandon Ayuk's going pretty late. Yep. Mike Williams is going pretty late. Mike Evans, who's getting a lot of like, hey, it's a contract year, and he's crushing everyone at Bucks camp. Like, is maybe getting discounted too much? I think for for Baker getting there. But I, I wanted to ask you guys about the average draft position at the top because I'm basic and people like looking at the top. <laughs> hey, that's where you're gonna start though. Like, there's it's very interesting. Only four running backs in round one. I kind of feel like now. 
the average draft has caught up to uh, that receivers are just safer than running backs. But the, the running back that stuck out the most that is in round one to me is I thought Bijan might be going at number one overall. And I, I think I would consider him at one overall, two overall, three overall. And he's down there at nine. That usually doesn't happen in fantasy drafts. I know he's like a rookie. Like, where are you at with Bijan? Do you think that's too high or too low? Because for him to be that low, that means in some drafts he's he's like slipping into I mid mean, round two. That's shocking to me because I think there's like a reasonable chance he's like RB1 this year. Yeah, before we throw it to the experts on this, like, He's never played before. Sure. And, and, but I'm just curious, like, if you look at who are the other guys, running backs that hit the came into the league, like Adrian Peterson flashes in my mind as an example. Greg, that was during your brick-by-brick brick era. Um, was he a guy that was going top five overall? I mean, yeah. I feel like if your ADP as a rookie who's never played before is top ten, you're pretty unique already. Also, like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we just did this. I mean, I, yeah. I trust Bijan. That's what I think. Yeah. He's going around where Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going. That's kind of what I mean. Maybe that's part of it. A lot of people, I was burned in his rookie mm. season. Like, maybe people are jumpy about that. I think I think it's a little bit of, you know, I'll say this. People are less scared to draft rookies in the first round now than they were a few years ago. Like, I remember when Zeke came out and everybody was like, you know, and a lot of people, analysts were like, hey, he's a first-round pick. And a lot of pushback was, he's never played before. But, you know, we've seen Zeke do it. We've seen Saquon do it. Uh, we've seen Christian McCaffrey do it. And so I think people are a little less hesitant. But I still think when you look at the running backs going ahead of him, it's a case of, well, we have seen this for sure before. Like, we believe Bijan can be good. We know McCaffrey, Eckler, Chubb. We know those guys are going to be good. So mm. that, I think, is why you're seeing them go ahead. But I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Bijan to be the RB1. Um, but you know what? If you can take him later in the first round, take the discount and be happy. But, like, what was it, to your point, what was, like, Zeke's best year? I guess he, he was good in year three, too. But, like, it was right off the bat, he's getting yeah. 2,000 yards. The, the back end, of, you know, sticking with running backs here, that – you know, two guys that scare the hell out of me uh, personally, Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. And I'm looking here at uh, Fantasy Football Calculator. They're they're going 24-25 average. Um, man, I wouldn't. I don't know if I want anything to do with guys that have that much stink mm. around them. And and Taylor also has the ankle stuff that maybe you're still concerned about. Uh, surprised where they are, or does that seem about right? I think it seems about right. Um, late second, early third round is where you get them. Look, there there's risk, obviously tied to them. But they're like the, the kind of like league winning type picks, because if you could get Jonathan Taylor or Josh Jacobs and they end up being there week one and they have their normal type of season, those are guys that were going to be late first, early, like going around where Bijan and, and Saquon and those guys were going. So you are getting a big discount on them because I know it only sounds like, oh, around maybe around and a half, but that early in the draft, that is a sizable discount. So it, it depends on how risk adverse you want to be. But if you are uh, if you're someone who's like me and you play to swing for the fences. And you win play to league. win the game. Exactly. It's worth a dice <laughs> that, That's what I'm saying with Bijan. You yeah. can't, like Eckler, we've seen it, but what are the odds he's actually going to be that good again this year? I don't, I don't think it's And here, here's the one last thing on this. But when you look, if you don't go for the Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor big swing there, if they're available, you know, the guys that you're going after after that, according to the list I'm looking at here, it's like Najee Harris. It's like, okay. No, Najee is, is uh, concerning. Joe Mixon, uh, Travis Etienne. I like him more than others. Brees Hall, his injury issues, and now Dalvin the, Cook. So the it's next like, name. If you, the next name is, oh, Jameer Gibbs. That's who you want. Okay. Let's really? talk about it. He's, Jameer he's Gibbs, going hmm. top of the fourth round. Jameer Gibbs is sort of like arbitrage B. John Robinson, right? Like, I think that's how people are sort of feeling about him. That he has a great skill set. He's in an offense that was great last year. 
DeAndre, you know, DeAndre Swift leaving has sort of opened up an opportunity, but you don't have to pay that first round draft price. You can wait until the third, maybe fourth round, and Jameer Gibbs is still sitting. Yeah, but there like, for you. yeah, okay, I get it. I, I, it's cost. fine, fourth round. But one of them is like one of the greatest running back prospects of all time. That's a, that's all. At, I'm just saying. Sometimes <laughs> when it seems obvious, it is obvious. That's all. I'm saying. How do you deal with uh, when speaking of rookies? Because I look at the tight end position. Number one, you've got a limited amount of like premier tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't sleep on that round after round. You might have to go really early if you want to get one of these guys. But I feel like rookie tight ends they can be pumped up, but you really don't get the production sometimes from that position until year two or three. But then you hear about the buzz around Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta. Is this part of your swing for the fences? Like you trust that these guys produce right I love, away? I love them both. I do. I, I'm almost, I'll say this. I am also not averse to taking Travis Kelsey in the first round sure. just because set it and forget it. I don't need that headache. But if I'm waiting, uh, Kincaid and Laporta are two guys that I'm mm. drafting a lot this year. Kelsey's uh, going, what, top six or seven? Yeah, I mean, he's maybe even top I see five. him at four in some places. Um, mm. Yeah, I usually part of me, like, with Kincaid, I will admit part of me, you know, still has emotional scars watching him run over USC last year <laughs> um, when he had, like, 11 D catches against them in, like, the regular season. Uh, but I think he's great. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity. And Sam Laporta, a talented guy, and, you know, when you look at the rest of that depth chart there when it comes to uh, tight ends in Detroit, you know, stop me when somebody, you know, wows you. Brock Wright, James Mitchell, Daryl Dan. Like, nothing, not no, right, nobody there <laughs> is going to take those targets away from him. Cautionary tale. I did it two years in a row because I was so high on him. You want to talk about guy coming out of college scene as a potential all-time prospect, Kyle Pitts. And uh, he's going at the top of the seventh round. So finally, the fantasy world's like, we got to pump the brakes here. And, of course, their offense, they're obviously going to run the ball out with Bijan there and the quarterback situation. Uh, We're a Kyle Pitts-friendly show. Are, are we going to do it? We, is it? Is it smart to get him around early and hope that it, it finally pops here? I, I think so. So coming into to drafts, I want one of the top seven tight ends this year. And my top favorite targets are Kelsey in the first, Darren Waller, or Kyle Pitts. And the thing I love about Kyle Pitts is last season – He could have been Jerry Rice, and he would have flopped because 60% of his targets were deemed uncatchable. Brutal. Marcus Mariota, no offense, he was just not a good passer last year. And then when they brought in Desmond Ritter, they started throwing about six times more per game, which doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when you add that up over 17 games, we're talking about 100 more pass attempts, plus... There was two games last year that they lost by more than one score. I I don't know if they're going to have the game script where they can just run the ball as much as they did last year. So I think naturally with Pitts being so talented, with more opportunity and stuff, and then with him going four rounds later than he was going a year ago. That's it. It's worth That's the whole game. That's why, like, Kelsey at at fifth seems insane to me because it's like he's never been taken – close to that high. And yes, he's coming off one of his best seasons. Right. He's 34 years. Like don't take anyone in the season that they're going way higher than they've ever gone before. You mentioned you wanted a top 7 tight end, so just for our listeners, Andrews is going around round 3. That's fine. Hawkinson in round 4. That seems yes. crazy to me. I don't like yes. why. There's such good receivers and and other players available then. Kittle in 5, very injury prone at this point, including right now he's out. Waller, that's good. Waller yeah. and Goddard in in the round yeah. six area feels tasty to me. Goddard, I feel like every, every year I feel like he's going to have a career year, and every year he does. And I and what you hear out of Philadelphia, I think he's just going to be a huge part of that offense. Yeah, no, I love Waller this year. Uh, I'm, I'm still in on Kyle Pitts. I, I will say this, with Kelsey – 
part of the reason you're seeing it is because there was no greater single player advantage in fantasy right, last but that year. Was last, Travis Kelsey. That was last uh, year. Look, I, that's what I'm saying. A wise man once told me don't draft last year's best team. So that's something to keep in mind. I have a, a personal question. Um, I think people are familiar with the app Cameo, where you can yeah. you know, provide videos and um, birthday messages to people, but it comes at a fee and mm-hmm. it, to get access to people like yourself. Um, Michael Florio is charging $25 um, for a personal <laughs> video. Well, that seems reasonable. Marcus, um, I just wanted like to get a comment on this. You're charging $50. Well, yeah. What's happening here? Well, you know, you, what are you providing that you, he's not providing? You take what the market will give you, right? <laughs> so Don't far. ask scary questions. I mean, you know. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, Marcus, you've been here at the NFL and fantasy since for a while. When? This since is when? Uh, Twenty eleven. Okay, and Florio's a little bit yeah. more of a newcomer. Oh no, I know. So. I, I I had to see. I was like, listen, no one's going to pay fifty dollars. No, your stock is on the so. rise, though. There's Mike's no, undervalued. No should, should I make it like twenty thirty bucks? I'm just yeah, thinking from an ADP standpoint. I think you. I think you bump it. Look, I will. I was that I I sort of went with the recommendations of the cameo brain trust they were like yeah hey, like what is beetlejuice uh charge for his cameo like well, let's get some other like he, celebrities out there let's alive? figure it out <laughs> I, th- I think beetlejuice is still with us <laughs> I, I thought all i know is i heard that uh uh dean norris hank from breaking bad mm. is, is, is charging around 200 bucks for cameos I, apparently the guy who plays kevin from the office makes like that's his living now he's, he's the most making, lucrative <laughs> yeah he what? makes like millions of dollars the, apparently. Wow. here would be my the way i would do it do it like you're putting a house on the market right so you set it high and then if you have to quietly go to your real estate broker and be like all right take it down then you do it it's it's not going to depress your value maybe i've had to already do that once (laughs) (laughs) all right one one guy um, i will pay you twenty (laughs) dollars let me send you a video yeah the equivalent i feel like of of mike f florio on cameo being a bargain at 25 bucks. I think after I looked at all these ADPs, and some seemed insane to me mm-hmm. when you go through a whole offseason and not see anything, the, the one that was by far the most insane is that Damian Pierce of the Texans is going at the end of the fifth or sixth round. My, I, that would be my number one recommendation, my number one guy I'm standing on the table for in all of this. If you had told me he was going at 112, I would have been like, oh, yeah. It's like one of the best running backs in the league with a really good offensive line and guaranteed to get 300 touches. That feels like a guy in his second year because I'd rather have running backs early that goes in the top 15, 20 picks, like the ceilings through the roof, as they would say. What I don't get it, but I'm just saying, do you agree with me? that you The ceiling be is the roof is the Jordan. I, yeah, <laughs> the ceiling is, I mean, yeah. it doesn't. I don't get it, but that, I, that like it's insane he would be behind Madison, Kenneth Walker, and Miles. Sa- like all of it seems insane to me. Go draft Damian Pierce. D- agree or disagree? I no, I love Damian Pierce. I, I will say this: I want to keep him at that ADP because I think Same. it's a bargain. But I think I think there's a general fear of the Texans' offense. Like if you look, there are no Texans really getting drafted. Ain't no Texans on my team. And I think the other part is, um, but they have a good line. It's kind of sneaky. They have a good line. And it can't be worse than last year. He was great last year. Right. But I think the, the knock on him is that he doesn't really, well, that he doesn't catch the ball, but they seem to be working that into the arsenal this year, too. My, my only concern with him is the, it's a first year OC, and he comes from San Francisco, who always ro- like to rotate their run. Even Christian McCaffrey, we were like, why is this guy not playing 90% of the snaps anymore? Okay. They signed Devin Singletary. I'm a little bit concerned if he'll eat into the workload. Wait, so if you're for the casual, like, newer fantasy person, and you're sitting there and you know these guys, but you know, you're dealing with someone like Alvin Kamara or Jamison Williams. You're dealing with early season suspensions. Just, do they just go undrafted or you grab them late? Like, what do you I, do with Alvin Kamara? 
I love both of those players. Like, Jamison Williams is, is one of my most drafted receivers. Alvin Kamara from running backs. Because I don't care about the first three weeks of the season for Alvin Kamara. I can get by. I There's no buys. <laughs> Injuries haven't piled up yet. So it's easy to set your – especially when you could plan for it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just want my team – and it's optimal shape come the fantasy playoffs. And I think Jamison Williams and Alvin Kamara could be league winners if they hit. I love that move. I I remember winning a league once with when I had I grabbed Tom Brady during his uh deflategate suspension earlier than maybe others thought. And then you just stash him and before you know it, it's October or whatever, and some <laughs> of these suspensions toll. And then it's like uh it's like the baseball GM who tries to placate an angry fan base about, oh, when this guy comes back, it'll be about, it's like trading for a, a big-time player. It kind of is, <laughs> is that way. Is this Aaron Judge comment here? Is that what this is? There's, I got some rage. <laughs> Brian Cashman, but that's fine. But I love doing that move. I get guys that are out of the picture, and then when they show up, you're like, oh, my God. No, 100%. Like, I, I'm, people were drafting Kamara anyway. They were sort of, you know, being a little bit cautious, and I think he was going around, like, round eight. And then the moment we found out what the suspension was, Three people games. were willing to, yeah, people were willing to reach uh, a couple rounds higher. But no, there, no doubt about it. But I'd say in the short term, um, you know, if you're willing to go get Jamal Williams, say in round ten or right, eleven, you know, right. the first three weeks, there's a big opportunity for him there. And have fa- have faith in your ability to just fill that spot for three weeks. Three to weeks, me, he can could do be that. a third or fourth round player. It's like a study I read. And go I ahead. Think about this with my kids. Like one of the things you can um, most easily predict scientifically among kids, like who's going to be happier in life mm-hmm. or have more success, is like if you're the type of person when you have as a kid, something in front of you and you can wait until tomorrow mm. to actually have it like if you or if you have to have it right now, basically, like, do you want to wait till tomorrow and have two pieces of right. chocolate? I, I or do you want one piece right of chocolate now. right now? The kids who take the one piece of chocolate right now end up like less happy, less successful. If you can wait, <laughs> if you can wait for Camara, that's a nice. That's I want it nice right now. I want you all of it like right now. Tom and then I'll, then I'll purchase father. more. <laughs> I, I could wait on fantasy players, not chocolate. Uh, do you have any like wide receivers before we let you go? Just any that you, you think are a nice value mid, mid early, late, what, whatever you want. Uh, I keep saying that rumors of Tyler Lockett's fantasy mm-hmm. demise are greatly exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the moment they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba, everybody's like, oh, it's over for Tyler Lockett. And I'm like, have we forgotten that he's actually outperformed DK Metcalf the last couple of years? He mm-hmm. has been the better of the two receivers. And I think that the Seahawks sort of going all in on Geno Smith suggests they want to throw the football more. And look, if you're willing to let me have Tyler Lockett somewhere, you know, round five, round six, I will thank you for that opportunity because I think, you know, who needs 80 catches, you know, 11, 1,200 yards and eight to 10 touchdowns? Who needs that? Mm. Uh, I, I love Tyler Lockett as well, but uh, one area that I love it for receivers is like that late third, early fourth round because uh, Crystal uh, Crystal Lave is early third round, but Ooh. like Olave, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper are three receivers that I want on as many teams as I can get. They all go in that range, so I just try to target whichever one. Yeah, that seems like incredible value. I'll just throw, throw yeah. Lockett. Two throw others Olave. out there. Olave like, could go crazy. Olave this year, could go yeah. big. Going early fifth round, Terry McLaurin and Christian Watson, two Terry guys McLaurin. I would. If they're sitting there for me at the top of the fifth round, I'm all over both of those guys. Uh, absolutely. Um, McLaurin, just, he's sort of the new Allen Robinson. And, like, he's that guy that I just, if I could wish one thing, I would just wish for him to actually get like a really good quarterback. But he's somehow figured out how to process Yeah, he's, it. he gets his. And imagine if Hal could play. We shall see. Before we say goodbye to our friends uh, in the NFL media fantasy realm, do you want to share some of the reporting that we've heard? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I heard I heard a little whisper. Just uh, you know, 
you've probably heard this too many times, Michael F. Florio, but you share a name uh, with my old boss, Mike Florio, who has a prominent position in the in the industry. Did not know he was your old boss until recently. Yeah, I worked there for three years. It was like uh, right right below uh, Mike. If and Greg writes a memoir, he's going to do like three three chapters on the no, relationship. I'm not writing the audio memoir. How we shaped dense. him. Um, I just heard whispers that. He wasn't happy there's another Mike Florio on the scene, which I, I make, oh, makes sense that there's another. You know, you're Mike Florio. Then there's another Mike Florio um, that arrives and that this has caused some consternation in, in your rise because you've had a great rise here. You were oh, I bet, what, a researcher at one yeah. point and now now an on-air talent. Yeah, he apparently doesn't like me very much or or my name which i'm like we have the same name you would we do the same thing we have a lot in common it's not your personality oh, though it's, it's the it's the overlap this can't yeah, be true right. it's I, on his I, radar i yeah i was shocked when i heard i was even on his radar i was like oh i i because like, it was like a year or two ago i was like oh i didn't even think he, but did, I, you, then, did you add the f because of him yeah they they well, were like respect. what do you want what does he want, want you to I, change your name i didn't something? want to go by a name that i is not my name because then i wouldn't respond to it like if you were like you are him yeah you're mike florio so, too so i was but the the funniest thing is a lot of people think he's my dad right so i get that <laughs> so a lot you are well. a researcher. Well, he talks about his kid all the time he has he has one son and he talks about him all the time and he's old enough that he's he's not quite as old as you but i think he's in his 20s so okay but when we would get emails from you when you were in research way back when like uh i was like that's gotta probably be mike florio's son right like he's in football he's dug in on the concept this i didn't, even, no Nepo baby I didn't right even investigate yeah. it further i was like it's gotta be his son yeah, no, my, my dad's name is Frank. He he does not work in sports <laughs> at all. I mean, um, what would the option be? Not go by Mike? I I think that's ridiculous. The, the other, frankly, you're younger, and I think you've got a chance. You're, you're going to take over. Somebody as, has as to a change real their Mike name. Florio. Yeah. He has to pass the name torch to me. I <laughs> there you go. They wanted me to go by Frank, cause I was, and I was like, no, that's my dad. That's that's I can't. Frank. That's but you're getting me. you're getting dinged, you said, for like you uh, Florio's takes and pro footballs. You can't you know, win. Yeah. You're mentioned. That's Maybe right. that's it. He's getting... A lot of uh, I hope so. questions in the mentions. For yeah. years, I would get like mentions okay. of people being like, how are you reporting on this? And I'm like, I am not reporting on this. <laughs> so for a while, Cynthia Freeland was asking me to send all of those tweets to her. Uh, and, and she would just tell people like, no, it's it's not him. But <laughs> but just to put a bow on this one, PFT, PFT Florio hasn't reached out to NFL Florio one-on-one. I've never spoke to we him. We should have some kind to of say, like, go away a, or change your name. Okay. Something. Michael Florio. Thank you very much, Marcus Grant. Thank you very much. Check out the guys' content on NFL.com, on NFL Network, on NFL Plus. These guys will win you titles. The That's NFL awesome. Fantasy Pod. All of it. Bang. A lot of content. I guess if you just go to the app, right? Like, supposedly everything's going to mm. be in there at some point. Well, that's what they tell us. Allegedly. <laughs> we just we just prop us up uh, like mannequins. We'll do what we need to do. Put us in the right <laughs> silos. Just point me at a camera and a microphone, and I'll just talk for a few minutes. All right, boys. Thank you. See it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. We are back. Our next heavy hitter covers the NFL and the fantasy world for NBC Sports. Many know him as Roto Pat. <laughs> His mother knows him as Patrick Dar. What's up, bud? Not much. I feel like I'm watching highlights of Super Bowl 12 at 11:30 p.m. Central on your network. Uh, I love it. As I've said on this on this special before, Rotopad holds a special place in my heart. First of all, a mensch, just a good guy. But also, the only fantasy column I read every week is his Roto World column um, when he goes through each matchup, and and it has helped me win titles so i got to bring that to the audience and again sincerely thank you sir for all your help through the years uh it's my pleasure and i have to give you thanks you gave me one of the only compliments that's ever really stuck with me <laughs> wow. i think it was you i don't remember if it was you or mark i hope so but you you praised my thought strangeness you you were okay. talking about my writing style and you praised my thought strangeness and that's like exactly what I go for. Oh, okay. So, well, so I that think phrase is that sounds like something me. Mark would say it, it is, and identify I, with. We've talked about Roto Pats when you can tell on Roto World like, oh, that's his blurb. Right. It's not any. It's clearly his because he's gone down an <laughs> avenue of snarkiness slash um, a little bit left of center take, and it's uh, very it makes it the site. All that more enjoyable. I, I'm glad to see. I'm waiting to see how you rebrand Roto World for the 14th time. Hey, um, you know what? An off season uh, from now. You're still doing blurbs one... though, right? Or, or are you out of the game? You're in the blurb. I'm game not stuff? all the way out. I'm less in the game than I used to be, but I'm still blurbing. Like that 10, was that was the move when I when I was there. I tried to set the the framework. At some point, maybe you get off the blurbs because it's it's like a grist mill. You know, you got to get off the blurbs you at say, some point. You do 10, 15 blurbs per. I missed the last part of that. No, t- like hours is what I aim for, but Greg oh, okay. is right. 
blurbing is the most difficult first world job on the planet mm. like it is like <laughs> there you go. the definition of a first world problem job where you're just <laughs> reading twitter all day but there's something about it that is so grueling and soul robbing. It was, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Greg, you're just robbing souls. No, I yeah, I enjoyed good. it. It it was like on it, brand. It really was uh, the the framework, and it was Greg. It was fun. Employee, totally different uh, feedback. <laughs> it was great to work with Pat back in the day, and I'm glad that you're still there. You know, it's like many people were going to have uh, Evan Silva on, uh, have gone on to do other great things. But you are the connection still for me personally, so that's important. That's what between this is about. my era and, and now. Uh, I signed an Atlanta Braves style contract where they got me <laughs> under for a hundred years at the age of twenty two. So uh, can I ask you about to... um some uh, a, a news item that just popped by the way this week at least, which was Richardson. Where are you at on Anthony Richardson? Where he should be? Uh, in fantasy drafts, because now that you know he's starting week one, that kind of takes. Uh, I don't know where he's settling in average draft position. I would be extremely intrigued to have him on my team. I'm kind of not worried about where he's getting taken. Well, you asked about Anthony, so he was a guy I was going to talk about. Where one of like the loose questions we threw around maybe come up here is who am I worried about? And I'm just a little worried about Anthony Richardson, who, mm. depending on who you ask, could be a huge ADP value or it could be a huge ADP reach. He's like the QB 10 or 11. And it's just because of Justin Fields, because of Jalen Hurts, because of Josh Allen, because of Lamar Jackson, I think fantasy managers have kind of become conditioned to think, well, he's a quarterback who can run like guaranteed top 10 fantasy season. And like kind of the belief that like these insane dual threat seasons grow on trees when, you know, they just don't like, we didn't get that from Justin Fields as a rookie. We kind of got it from Lamar Jackson his half season as a rookie. We kind of got it from Jalen Hurts, his half season as a rookie. We didn't get it from Josh Allen. Uh, It's a team, you know, kind of like rebuilding from the ground up. He needs Jonathan Taylor for cover. We don't really know. I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor will be out there week one. There's just so much moving parts for a prospect who is so inexperienced, uh, you know, who barely basically played one season of college football. Uh, He is, as my colleague Kyle Dvorak always says, he's Derrick Henry in a quarterback's body. That will help uh, with yeah. the rushing, of course, and the the dual threat goodness and fantasy. But he seems like a guy who has the ceiling to be like an absolute fantasy legend. But that where I am waiting one year, and then of course missing out, and everyone's laughing at me. But he is someone I'm worried about <laughs> <laughs> for this season. That's fair. That you need like a little bit of rushing. I mean, a little bit of passing because Josh Allen actually did run quite well as a rookie. But you're right, his passing was so. Uh, forgettable that he didn't really matter. I guess I figure if you could draft another quarterback with him, that's was there, maybe was there anything more predictable uh, than Anthony Richardson being named starter as soon as humanly possible uh, again. <laughs> no, it seems that the fingerprints from ownership are all over this to the point where <laughs> the headline on ESPN.com is like Richardson shocked to be named starting quarterback. It's like maybe we didn't need to go down that route. I we're going to focus on quarterbacks here with Roto Pat. Uh, I Famously, I'm in a two quarterback league, uh, as you know, Pat. And um, so quarterbacks win leagues for us. We'll have multiple quarterbacks coming off the board in the first round in our league. It's not like that, obviously, in the majority of leagues. You brought up Lamar Jackson. Um, He's going top five in the quarterback game still. Where are you at with him? Are you buying in on all the talk? You know, he's freshly paid. He's got more weapons. Are we going to get MVP level Lamar back? Do you feel safe? Uh, making that pick in 2023. I do. And, you know, some of it is kind of narrative based. Like, as you mentioned with the contract, I like, finally right. got paid. What does that you know, mean? Like, 
as if that magically yeah. changes everything. But it did seem like, and I'm not saying this at all as a judgment on the player, it seemed like last year, if he had been paid, he probably maybe could have come back for the final game or two of the season. That maybe. is pure speculation. Just It was the albatross hanging over the entire franchise. It's finally gone. The other thing, of course, was Greg Roman's offense, which the players were basically openly disdainful of by the, I mean, Lamar talked about opposing defenses, like literally calling out the plays. Uh, it just seemed like something that needed to be refreshed and fantasy. We wanted it to be something refreshed with something more pass heavy. Cause in fantasy, it's like, even if the Ravens become a more passing oriented offense, it's not like the running's ever going to go away for Lamar Jackson. He's, it's not like his signature attribute is suddenly just going to disappear. He's going to scramble. There's going to be design runs. There's going to be like game breaking plays. And just finally pairing that with something not only more passing oriented, but something passing oriented with actual receivers. You know, l- last year, I looked up with Lamar, the, his final full game, his receiver trio was Deshaun Jackson, Devin Duvernay, and Demarcus Robinson. Uh, <laughs> just a very, very hard well, way to make a living in real life and in fantasy football. Kind of just everything has changed. I wouldn't rush back either with that with that trio. No, no. And it it's it it's some of its narrative base, but it's narr- it's a narrative that makes sense. And I do think we are finally getting like a return to glory Lamar Jackson season four years after he won the MVP. I for people that are maybe newer to fantasy, I think, you know, when I was young, I always wanted to go quarterback early because it's like it's all I, you know, quarterbacks are your heroes and all this stuff. I it, it throws me a little bit with the way that you have some of these dual threat guys like Ramondre Stevenson right now has a higher ADP than Jalen Hurts. Kyle Pitts over Lamar Jackson. Then you've got like TJ Hawkinson over Joe Burrow. Like what is your <laughs> if when you're drafting your teams like. How do you, where are you with the whole quarterback things? I know it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Take them late, um, which I just was more like, I want to take a great quarterback early and feel like he's going to be the centerpiece of this whole thing. That's why you should have two QB leagues because QBs run the NFL. Why go. would you have fantasy not That's have true. them have the value that they deserve? All right, I'll shut up. No, it's an extremely good rant. And so yeah, near like the end of like the Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, like Philip Rivers era, it had become like comical where it's the most important position in global sports. I'm like, yeah, I'm not even going to draft a quarterback. You know, like, I'll, wait till, <laughs> I'll wait till September 3rd. I'll add Kirk Cousins on the waiver wire. Like it became like, you know, like a staring contest, basically who could be like the hardest drafter in the league and never taking a quarterback, but the dual threats. That guy's like, a badass. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, sure. He, he just left his quarterback spot blank all season and went 0 13, but uh, I really admire his character, but the, like this crop of dual threats and finally like the, the turnover of talent at the top, like this, the infusion of young pocket passing talent and Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, it really like reinvigorated the quarterback position. Uh, it's a savvier drafting public now. So it's harder to get late round quarterback. It used to be, like you could just get like someone like the next Jalen Hurts, like the 10th or 11th round. People have gotten wise to that, and it still doesn't match their real life value. But quarterback values, uh, have ADPs have really crept up the past yeah. two or three years where mm. it was like the fifth or sixth round you could wait for Patrick Mahomes a few years ago. Now it's sometimes it's the second, usually like the third or the fourth. And I, I am taking quarterbacks earlier, especially even like these industry leagues where you really risk like mockery. Um, but it, it helps so much to have that high baseline of points. And it's just become harder to stream quarterbacks because everyone's so much savvier. So, and it's an advantage to like not have to worry about streaming every week and using, or even using like a few fab dollars on a quarterback. Uh, so 
quarterback bottomed out. It's rising again. It's never going to be like first or second round quarterback, but it's much more now like third or fourth round instead of fifth or sixth. Yeah, it really – I think the, the game changed. Like five, five or six guys, seven guys are going in the first five rounds. Like you can't wait as long. But I do think there's something to, you know, Allen Hurts, Lamar – specifically, and if you like Fields and, and Richardson would be a lower tier of this, that like, I, I feel like it, I'm fine reaching early for those guys. And then you do feel like a comfort, maybe don't wait forever. But like, if if you do have a Goff or a Stafford or a Geno, like you just get your steady guy later. And that's where the real life value doesn't match up with fantasy. And it's like, you can pair those two together. Then it's kind of like we talked about with Marcus and, and Florio earlier with not worrying about Alvin Kamara missing three games. Like if Lamar Jackson misses half the season, but he's full Lamar Jackson QB one for the half that you get him, that's actually a ton of value. Cause you, if you're confident in being able to fill that gap with, with some other guy with Derek Carr or whatever the rest of the time. No, yeah, absolutely. The top one or two tiers, I feel like, are more separated than they are at some points in like fantasy history. So there is like a big difference between like the top six or seven quarterbacks. But that being said, it it still is like it still goes 20, 22 deep. Right. Like so Rodgers is going 13th at quarterback. Tua's going 11th. I mean, to well, Dak. Well, like Russell like, Wilson's like going like QB 20, depending on where you're playing, like who could be a pretty that, obvious bounce fine. back. But the better, yeah, with a better supporting cast than Sean Payton. So I think. The the high like the top one or two tiers, there's a bigger separation than there is sometimes, but it's still the deepest position in fantasy. And if you don't want to use that early round capital, you're gonna be able to stream. It's a little more work, but you're still gonna be able to do it. Where are you on like what what would be your approach be to Deshaun Watson? Do you look at the overall career or do you look at like the disaster from last season? Do you just stay away entirely? It is weird. I mean, some like these guys, even when they're still like at prime age, what is still 27, 28. Missing a season does something strange to an athlete, but I'm still I'm viewing it basically as this is the real follow up to his 2020 where the last time we saw Deshaun Watson play a full football season, he played in an MVP level. Uh, The supporting cast, it didn't get like infinitely better, but it got better. Like he has another deep threat in Cedric Tillman. They have another underneath guy in Elijah Moore. Who knows if Elijah Moore is actually good? Uh, In fact, with, with Elijah Moore, I heard like, I heard something spun as a good, like, oh, they're getting him on, like, jet sweeps and screens. And, like, when I heard this, like, oh, wow, it means they don't know how to get him the ball. Um, mm. That seems bad. But it is a deeper supporting cast. Uh, they're not going to have to remake the offense on the fly like they did last year when he returned. And it does seem like we're probably going to get something much closer to 2020 Deshaun Watson than we did to 2022 Deshaun Watson. Let me ask you this, because you talked about these names that popped up ready. Pocket passers, you know, guys like Cousins. Rodgers at this point, although he does have mobility, but he's older. Derek Carr, same type of situation. Stafford, certainly. These are guys that, if they're healthy, you could kind of lock them in to give you nice production. But does it make more sense um, to, if you're going to wait that long for those type of guys, to go pick Daniel Jones instead with the old life hack that you're getting, the the rushing, uh, even if the upside as a passer is less? Where do you come down on that? Do you take in a locked and loaded pocket guy or a more rangy type player who may, might not be as good? Probably go for the rangy, at least the first, because the pocket guy is always going to be there on the waiver wire. And like you mentioned Daniel Jones, who had a career year and still did not get in the top 12 at quarterback last year. You could go like much crazier. And like the, the crazy guy this year is Sam Howell. 
And like, has yeah. he been officially named the starter? I can't even remember, but not official, uh, official, but basically. The guy with some running juice, the guy who has two really good young receivers, Ooh. pretty good overall. So, I mean, I'm just saying to Greg, maybe one of your frustrations with fantasy, it doesn't matter if you're good in real life. It makes no, no difference. Uh, <laughs> no frustration. No I think, I think you're, uh, I think that's a great late QB two. If you don't want to bother to take your second quarterback until the very end, if you're in a one quarterback league, Howell was trucking people in college. I think he can throw the ball a little bit. Like to me, he's a perfect late guy. It's funny how little respect Daniel Jones gets. I mean, I, I looked at, I, I will quote, never respect. Daniel right. I, Jones. <laughs> I looked at his QBR, like QBR over the decades and Daniel Jones's QBR rushing value, which was about the same as Allen and um, Hertz last year was comparable to like Michael Vick's best seasons. As a runner, like that's the level of production you were getting. So if you get anything out of him passing and you didn't get much last year, uh, that's actually not a maybe a bad value play either. There's a lot. And it's something is maybe repeat. Who's your favorite, though? Who's your favorite of all these guys? Who are your favorite QB targets? The guy I'm ending up with the most again and guaranteeing I will be hurt again is Justin Herbert, uh, because everyone knows real football fantasy. You don't hit your wagon to the Chargers because. Every year they will have the best roster in the NFL. They don't have the best roster in the NFL. They have a good roster. Um, everything, every dot connects for Justin Herbert, who you know, threw for 4,700 yards last year, even though he was like on the Drew B's rib plan or like every week, they're like, actually it's six cracked ribs for Justin Herbert. And not, not, <laughs> not two. And it was one of those things where it seemed like the number got bigger every week, but he <laughs> that didn't was even miss the Drew Brees thing. I remember that no, every it week. It was and a couple of extra. Like it gets to the point where he had more yeah. cracked ribs than any humans ever been yeah, recorded exactly. for number of ribs. Available. Yeah. yeah. But the chart, they swapped out Joe Lombardi for Kellen Moore. They added another first round receiver in Quentin Johnston, who some people think will be a bust. Uh, I mean, the Chargers are Lucy with the football, but I mean, he was already almost knocking on the Mahomes tier two years ago, and he still was like halfway there, even playing hurt all year last season. Mm. Uh, Kellen Moore has been so good for fantasy. Joe Lombardi was so bad for fantasy. We just hope with Justin Herbert that it really was the coordinating that was conservative and not the player who is conservative and that Justin Herbert is ready to be more aggressive and throw deep. But it seems like every dot connects for Justin Herbert to really kind of like rejoin that elite tier this year. I want to ask you quickly about um, another rookie, Bryce Young. I'm seeing, I get these aren't, these aren't sexy names, but he is ADP'd above Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy. I mean, I like Brock Purdy, Um, Jimmy G. Like I get, these are not guys you're going to go after early, but I mean, what we've seen from the Panthers so far, their offensive line and everything else, like I don't think I'm drafting Bryce Young necessarily high at all. No, and I, I I did an article. You could question the worth of this article. I ranked all 32 of like the offensive environments because a, a good tiebreaker, if you can't decide between like player A or player B, like I don't know any difference between these players, is the overall offensive environment. I did rank the Panthers 32 because hmm. uh, like you said, there's the line questions. There's some interesting people in the receiver core, but I mean, this is like a really like on the fly receiver core. And this kind of just seems like a wait till next year skill group and they're going to do the tough thing where they're going to put the number one overall pick into like a really bad environment and just hope it doesn't kill his career. Um, but it might not be that bad, but the Panthers, when I think of like fantasy points, I do view the Panthers as like a dead last unit in the entire mm. NFL. And as such, Bryce Young is not on any of my draft. Lists. Uh, last thing for you, sir. And thank you again. And check out Roto Pat over on NBC sports. Herbert's kind of your guy. You keep uh, coming back to him and in, in drafts. 
who's like you're not on my team guy. Like it doesn't matter what the draft circumstances are. Uh, every draft's different. Like you end up never drafting this guy. Is it Daniel Jones based on these comments or is there another quarterback <laughs> that you just don't want anything to do with, even though some people are maybe higher on the player? There's no one truly. I, I am kind of a classic. Like the ADP is right. Um, I'll be honest. Like the, it's weird. It's, uh, the, it's the real life stuff makes it a little hard to draft Deshaun Watson. Um, but no, I mean Justin Fields. The RLS you know, uh, real life yeah, stuff yeah, makes it different. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Justin Fields. Yeah, you don't like have to wonder. draft creeps on your fantasy team. You, you can absolutely you can make decisions about that. Uh, it's it's fine. You, you said it, not me. I'm not drafting Josh Allen a lot. I'll say where I do. I wonder, I feel like we're getting like this board with Bill's hype and that's leading them to be <laughs> yeah. undervalued yeah. and like the real NFL and fantasy. But I do sort of feel like maybe the Allen thing has already peaked and that the, they're going to get serious about trying to protect him more this year, which good for him in real life, not good in fantasy. Well, he didn't run nearly as much. People kind of forget in his second and third seasons, he was more around four to 500 yards. And then the last two seasons actually it cranked way back up where he was, you know, incredibly effective rusher. And it sounds like they're going to maybe dial it back. You're right. But he does throw for 35 touchdowns every year and a ton of yards. The Bills have like an offensive identity crisis, I feel like. And they have like an unsettled skill core still where it's Mm. like, is Dalton Kincaid like the number two passing game weapon? That seems like maybe not a good situation. Like if he's your number two, it's either him or Gabe Davis. But I I just like sense that identity crisis from the Bills down the stretch last year. And I don't really know what they've done to fix it. Like, the backfield didn't get markedly better. The skill core did not get markedly better. And it just all comes down to like Josh Allen, like man of steel. And that works until it doesn't. And I, I am worried that they're going to finally start dialing that back. And it's like Greg said, they kicked it up to, I would argue, unsustainable levels the past two years. Roto Pat, you've said it all. Thank you, my friend. I look forward to reading you throughout the upcoming campaign. Stay healthy, kid. I look forward to listening. Thank you so much for having me. Take that. See ya. Love that guy. Great writer. Like that. I'm glad he remembered that, that comment. Whoever I, said it. You or me. Right. I've always enjoyed his writing. I enjoy any writing that has a little humor to it. He that just drop, drops those little zingers in that you just don't read often, especially great, in this world. Great tweeter. I mean, um, especially in what, what other world would you be reading? Be on my... Like fantasy. Oh, all right. It's, it's, it could be a very art. dry I mean, our, world. Literally, our earth. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of writing happening elsewhere, as far as we know. <laughs> How do you know? Well, Greg does, certainly doesn't believe there is. I think that there could be. Um, it came up with Tucker, comma Ross, uh, on Monday, and um, it just came up again. And in general, Deshaun Watson is just an interesting. Uh, conversation as we are now hitting this 2023 season. We talk about 2020, uh, what he was, how did he, this is what Ross made the point. How did he perform like a superstar um, with a terrible Texans team that lost 12 games? And I just pulled up the depth chart because we know that the Browns have, uh, I think a pretty solid core uh, wide receiver, maybe a little iffy, uh, but obviously the offensive line is sturdy. The running back, I think is the best pure runner in the sport. Um, here is the Texans, the last game of the season in 2020, Brandon Cooks, Kiki Kute. Forgot about him. He's got cut, actually. Uh, Darren Fells at uh, tight end. David Johnson was still there uh, at running back with Duke Johnson backing him up. That's a mess. You had Laramie Tunsil, the anchor at left tackle, a young Tunsil. Um, the, the Brown setup is better. And uh, we'll see. But he's right, too. I thought uh, 
Rotopat made the point, like, sometimes these guys disappear and, they, and the magic is just gone. So, and then to the, the Greg of it all, like, do you want to creep on your team? I, you know, if it, if, if it puts money in my pocket, yeah. I don't know. Like I, when I, I'm sorry to be so, have no scruples, Greg. No, no, no. I don't. I, I don't think... mean that. It's the same thing as like if you're a Jets fan, maybe you want you don't want Patriots on your fantasy team, or maybe you don't care about. It. I don't think one way is wrong or the other. But if you're like me and you just want guys that you want to root for, and for instance, you don't like the Jets, you don't feel like drafting them. Like you don't have to. It's all like most of it is. Well, locked. you're a smart man, Greg. You right to use like personal biases. I know Watson's a whole other category, and in, in but a that's lot of ways. It's such a small person. But you're bias. narrowing your but like by field. like an infinitesimal amount. Like what would oh, it really take to like if you have five or six players in the league that you just I have a million of those biases where you just kind of like some players more I, than the others, and you you take guys that you like because it's not going to be any I, more I, or like, less accurate. I thought the one annoying thing about fantasy is when I'm sitting there watching twelve games at once and I'm really Rooting for six teams I can't stand right. because of some guy. Att- now, I get what you're saying. Like, if you want to be cutthroat, you don't worry about any of that stuff. But I feel like the roster has energy. And, right. like, there's a, if mm. there's a player I don't like, um, it's giving me weird feelings about my own fantasy team. It's my fantasy. It's right. my fantasy. That player is going to have the season he's going to have regardless on whether he's on your team or not, I guess, uh, is part of my point, too. Yeah. Like, So it's like if Watson, for instance, has a big year, it might be annoying to you that he has a big year. But it's not going to change either way whether or not he's on your team. I mean, my point is like the idea of being cutthroat or not, or like trying to remove all biases. Like it's not going to change your uh, chances of winning your league or not much either way. We all have a million different biases that go into all of these sorts of decisions. And oh, by the way, fantasy football, and, and this is why I like it on some level, is is almost mostly luck. It's mostly luck. The most important thing that goes into fantasy by far is luck. And you're trying to work on the other 30%, 20% that's not luck and just uh, have fun doing it. It's, it's, a, it's a fun activity, but you don't have to put, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to go too crazy. If you don't right. like Deshaun Watson, bury him. Sure. I, I'm, I'm with you. I just, you're, you're an analytical mind, Greg, and, and you don't believe in <laughs> momentum. And now you're saying you could eliminate all these different players just because you don't like them. It does slightly affect your chances over someone that has a completely broad view of who's the best available. But I, I guess, and I'm thinking of West too, when we do this episode, like the way we looked at fantasy was taking guys with huge ceilings, guys you wanted. And in the end, like, I guess we were a little different than Pat who says at the right ADP, I'd take almost anyone. There probably was a group of like 50 players that those were going to be my list. It's kind of how the Patriots do NFL drafts. Like I have guys I truly believe are going to be good this year. I'm basically going to take those players and there's probably only about like 30, 35 of them. And that that's fine. So you're eliminating a million players, but you're counting on kind of your evaluation. That's how the Patriots run their drafts. And maybe it's, maybe it's not the smart. You got a little Bill know. Belichick over here. There you go. Yes. Bill wasn't against take the guys, take problematic the, guys. No, he wasn't. I Antonio Brown. Take yeah. the guys you like is is the point. Yeah. Take the guys that you really believe. Remember the fight? Don't, don't worry about Greg the had about Antonio Brown on our podcast. That I I will not forget that ever. Wild. Yeah, <laughs> you guys were going <laughs> at it. He was yeah. West, um, he questioned your integrity. Was at some very. Point. It got personal. Yeah. Was yeah. very upset that the Patriots were bringing in. I miss that man, Antonio Brown. Um. All right, let's I let's get on the boat. Let's go fishing. And you know what we're looking for? 
Uh, okay, I'm going to show my lack of outdoorsman because I was going to say we're looking for big game. But that's more if you're hunting. That would be a land-based animal. Eric, do you know, like, if you're looking for something in the sea, that's like a, a big catch. Is there some type of esoteric terminology I can uh, use here? Uh, fishing, the line, fishing rod. Um, I think you. they call it a catch. Okay. I don't know. All right, let's throw it out there. The, Tremendous the lore. <laughs> I'm not an outdoors man either, guys. Trust okay. me. For some reason, I thought you might be. All right, I'm throwing it out there. Throw my, I got my line out. Uh-oh. I got a nibble. Mark, grab me from behind by my hips. Yes, I will. I'm Thrust against on. me and then pull back. I'm latching onto you. Thrust again. Pull. Again, it's happening. Thrust. Again. Pull. I got a big one on the line. Get him in the boat. It's Evan Silva, former brick by brick man at Roto World and now doing his thing with his fancy men, established the run background. Evan Silva, <laughs> the big fish. What's up, buddy? Welcome back. I'm doing really well. How are you guys doing? Very good. But great there. I like the beard. Uh, hey, you look summer, Evan. This is this is Silva time of year. That's the thing. Fantasy. Silva season? It's busy during the season, but I, I feel like mid-August to late August is when uh, this is when Silva, you know, pays for for all those Taylor Swift tickets for his daughter. <laughs> Which, by the way, life changer. I used to listen to like rap and like Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> And now I, I don't even listen to that stuff anymore. It's all T-Swift. <laughs> so Silva, because I, I was at the Swift concert in L.A., you were there. And because uh, you're, you're, you're a man's man, you're a burly guy, like, are you letting yourself go and, and letting the music wash over you? Or are you more in, like, dad mode, just letting it repel off you while you check <laughs> your phone? I mean, there's definitely a sense of, you know, it's awesome because my daughter loves it and she knows all the words and – you know, it's it's a, a way for us to connect. Um, but I mean, I, I genuinely like Taylor Swift's music at this point. All so, right. yeah, good for you. Yeah. Now, uh, we're, we have Evan on, as we do every year, the big fish uh, to talk about uh, sleepers and busts. And this is I think this is one of the things uh, that really define the real fantasy head, the guy that can nail these year after year. Uh, get us going with uh, one of your favorite sleepers right now. Uh, in fantasy drafts in 2023. And this is perfect timing because I literally just released my sleepers and bust article on establish the run.com. Boom. And in last night, it just got published. So <laughs> go, uh, go but, subscribe well, people. This is him and Adam Levitan, two, two of the best. Yep. At establish the run on Twitter, establish the run.com on the internet. First sleeper tank Bigsby. Um, oh. he's been lighting up training camp. I mean, rave reviews he uh already got a snap with the first team offense in the jaguars preseason opener the jaguars were not pleased with travis Etienne in short yardage and goal line situations last year he's one of the least efficient runners in scoring position in the league tank bigsby was really good in short yardage and goal line travis Etienne also has been a little bit of a disappointment in the passing game as a receiver tank bigsby Caught 51 passes over his final two seasons at Auburn. Mm. I think he's going to play a lot right away. I bet him at 75 to one to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, wow, interesting. Now we're not allowed to do that as uh, NFL employees, but mm. you know we are sponsored. Um, you know the the company is at various times, so that that's a good one. I I love that because Bigsby. Uh, sometimes you just assume that whatever role Etienne had a year ago is a role that he's going to have this year. It's like Bigsby's a third round pick. 
They like him. And his name is Tank, and he actually looks like a tank versus Tank Dell, which is confusing that his name is Tank. Mm-hmm. And can I just – here's what my pushback would be or my concern that maybe Tank is the new flavor in that room that the coaching staff likes. Oh, you love ETN. But ETN, who I, I do think has upset, but he's also a first-round pick in 2021, and I know Urban Meyer's history and all that. But, like, are they going to fade ETN enough this season where Tank's going to get mm-hmm. enough work to be a guy that you want in your lineup in the fantasy realm? That is a concern. Um, I think Travis ETN is probably going to have a, a real solid season. It's just I think he's at risk of losing high-value touch, uh, high touches to Tank Bigsby. I mean – you want your running back scoring touchdowns and catching passes. And I think that there is some danger that Travis Etienne faces. He risks losing a, a lot of that work to tank, to tank Bigsby. Now, Evan, a couple of years ago on this uh, you know, annual episode, you and Greg um, got into it over Sam Darnold, uh, a memorable <laughs> verbal tussle. I, and I, and I kind of one thing I love about you is when you <laughs> get on board with someone, um, in a, in a, it reminds me of West. There's an element of stubborn, like I'm not listening to anyone else. So who, who's someone out there that maybe let's go negative, a bust, that you're like, I can't believe that other people are this high on this mm. player. What you see on tape, what Evan Silva observes, does not agree. And hopefully Greg disagrees with Evan's take. Here we go. <laughs> well, I'm worried about Jonathan Taylor. Mm, okay. Um, okay. And not just about the fallout with ownership. I think that they probably will end up patching that up before week one, but I think it's a concern that he's still having problems with his ankle, uh, which he aggravated several. He suffered a high ankle sprain. He really suffered multiple high ankle sprains last year. And I'm also worried about the complexion of the Indianapolis offense with, you know, throwing Anthony Richardson into the fire. I think that Anthony Richardson is going to have some special moments. I also think that the offense as a unit could struggle. They have two gaping holes on their offensive line at left tackle and right guard. And in college, Anthony Richardson rarely targeted running backs. So I'm worried that the offense isn't going to be very good, or at least that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And then Jonathan Taylor isn't going to catch passes, which really isn't something that he's ever done a lot of previously, even going back to Wisconsin. I I wish I could push back and Mm. we could recreate that, but you can't, you can't force it. I'm actually glad you brought that up because when we talked with, Marcus and Mike Florio earlier, Josh Jacobs and Taylor were brought up kind of in tandem as these two guys around late second round that they both have their issues. And to me, Jacobs is such a safer bet just because of what his role is going to be, the type of player he is, the receiver that he is, and my confidence that he'll be back playing. Whereas Taylor, to me, is is very risky. It's interesting to me. Ramondre, Jacobs, and Taylor are going around the same spot. And to me, mm-hmm. I, I would love to have some Ramondre. I'd love to have some Jacobs. I'd be fine with. And Taylor, I'm with you. I would stay away. You know, who's right above them though. I feel like I, we got to do this every year because you are the big fish and you love to talk about the big dog. And I do want to hear your other sleep, more sleepers and bus, but I am just curious where you at with the big dog, Derek Henry, because he's still getting taken. Like he's the big dog, Derek Henry. I know I'm, and I'm real worried about him. I mean, he's start. I mean, the the mileage is really getting up there. He's 29 now. You go back to Alabama. This dude had massive workloads in college, and now he's what you know, seven eight years into his NFL career. He's getting older. I'm really worried about the Titans' offensive line. I mean, our offensive line analyst Brandon Thorne ranked them as the worst offensive line in the league, and then they lost to Marco Jones, who who they were planning on potentially being a starting guard. Yikes. Um, 
So, and Derrick Henry has never caught a ton of passes. So I'm worried about him. I, I, I would have him on a bus list. Mm. Yeah, two two things. We had uh, Ross Tucker talking offensive line earlier this week. He had them at number 32 in his offensive mm. line rankings, and Traylon Burks got carted off the field uh, yeah. at Titans joint practice today, and, and or Titans practice, and we don't know what his situation is. That would not make the passing game any more scary if you took out uh, that second-year player. So, yeah, a lot to be nervous about. Give us some other positives. You got you got some more uh, sleepers, maybe, maybe? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about uh, Marvin Mims. Mm. You know, KJ Hamler is out indefinitely. Uh, Tim Patrick is out for the season. I think Marvin Mims is going to be a lock for three receiver sets playing opposite Cortland Sutton with Jerry Judy in the slot. Marvin Mims, I think, is a player that Sean Payton in, in, very much envisioned uh, like Brandon Cooks, mm. who he drafted in the first round with the Saints back in 2014. Marvin Mims can really, really run. He averaged almost 20 yards per catch during his college career. And Russell Wilson, I think, can still throw the deep ball. So um, I think Marvin Mims is, is going to like be a, a – a, he's going to have a chance to be a third receiver in fantasy. Uh, tight end feels especially dicey uh, right now in the fantasy realm. Mm-hmm. We know Kelsey's locked and loaded. Andrews. And then it gets a little weird. I mean, you got uh, TJ Hawkinson is going high in drafts. George Kittle, we love George Kittle, but is he a fantasy guy you can count on? Waller's had injury issues the last two years. Kyle Pitts, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Like, what do you? I feel like there are a lot of uh, cases to be made for. You have the rookie class that came in, some interesting names, mm-hmm. sleepers and busts alike. Like, who do you like? Who do you not like in that group? I think that if we're talking about the rookies this year, Luke Musgrave and Sam Laporta are going to be every down players right away. It's hard for rookie tight ends to make immediate impacts. I mean, this is, you know, historically, it's it's it's, just, it's difficult because a tight end has to learn to be not just a tight end, but also a receiver and also an offensive lineman because they got to be able to block to stay on the field. I think that Luke Musgrave, though, um, is really interesting. In, the, in the, the, the first preseason game, he played 12 of 12, first team snaps with Jordan Love. So, I mean, they they are fast tracking him. I also think that Cade Otten in Tampa Bay, if you're playing in like a deeper league, he had 42 catches as a rookie last year. And I think that he has a chance to be an every down player as well. I want to ask you uh, more of a philosophical question because there are definitely fantasy people out there that, yeah, they'll watch the games on Sunday and there's 18 televisions and stuff, but that's the end of the film watching. I know, I know that you are, you are a dogged film watcher, and a lot of sleepers and busts, um, we don't even know about them today. Like six, seven, eight weeks into the season, the complexions change, and guys are coming up out of nowhere, and you, your draft is in tatters, and you're searching the waiver wire. Like, What do you have to say about how much film um, people should be watching? <laughs> to w- Actually, no, if you want to win these leagues versus being a casual. Uh, I would say that it, it's helpful to watch football. Um, I would say that from a fantasy football standpoint, watching film can actually um, send you in the wrong direction at times because you just get infatuated with a player's explosiveness or, you know, if, if a guy looks good um, and, and, you know, then, then you can you can become infatuated with that. What, you, what we really want in fantasy football, though, is to determine which players are going to get the most opportunities. And we want to kind of dig into the coaches' minds and not just look at, oh, this player looks electrifying. You remember, you remember Amir Abdullah? Yeah. When he 
ripped off that monster run in the preseason and his ADP went from like the eighth round to like the third round. You know, it's that kind of a play that can stick in your mind and influence you to overrate a guy when Amir Abdullah had fumbling problems. You know, he had he couldn't really pass protect early in his career and he wound up being a bust. Right. It's it's kind of the yin yin and the yang because. One of the mm-hmm. things is that I believed in too is like you still want to bet on good players once you're confident. Like mm-hmm. we had mentioned, the Bucks receivers this year not as good a situation, but they're still really good players. Like I, to me, mm-hmm. I, there, there could be value there. I mentioned Damian Pierce as a guy. Like to me, I feel confident he's a really good player, and and mm-hmm. I think the situation will be good enough. Who is someone though that's a bust for you this year? that maybe it is a good player, maybe it's not like a big name, a big name that is quietly a big established the run fan and he clicks that sleepers and bust list and he knows he's a big time <laughs> fantasy guy uh, and he sees his name and he's like, oh, I can't believe, uh, I can't believe the big dog, the big fish did, did me like that. Well, Brees Hall <laughs> was on track to win offensive rookie of the Ooh. year. Ugh. Yeah. And then he t- ACL and his meniscus on October 23rd. And, man, the, the signals coming from the Jets, I'm you know, you. they were connected to uh, Jameer Gibbs. They were connected to Jamal Williams. Um, they wound up signing Dalvin Cook to a deal that was, I mean, that's starter money in the NFL. And it makes me wonder if Aaron Rodgers was like, if he's the one pulling the strings there, because remember, he took that pay cut. And he was like, look, I want Dalvin in the backfield with me. I think that Brees Hall will be a factor in the second half of the season, absolutely, as, as they ramp him up and as he gets further removed from that injury. But I'm worried that he's not going to be startable early in the season. And for a guy who's been going in the third, in the fourth round, you want those guys to be startable right off, right off the bat. So yeah, he's just, there's, a, there's a lot of red flags on Brees Hall right now. Yeah, I mean – as a Jets fan, I want to go up and get him high, but I, I would much rather let someone else take a swing on him early. And if he fell and people really down, then maybe I grab him and stash him for a mm-hmm. bit. I'm with you. Well, uh, real quick, just cycling back to tight ends, you mentioned some of those rookies because this is the position group that gives me a lot of stress. Uh, as I had Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. last year, for instance, and that just drove me mad. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the veteran of, of that group post Kelsey Andrews that you're feeling good about? Who's the guy that you might you're fading when you do your drafts? Um, I, I have really not been getting very much Kyle Pitts because of the concerns about the, the passing volume is Desmond Ritter really any good. Uh, you know, I mean, I feel like Kyle Pitts, look, he had over a thousand yards as a rookie tight end. All right. He's super talented. It's just, are the targets going to be there for him at the end of the day? We just had Jimmy Kemsky, Longtime Eagles beat writer on the Establish the Run podcast. And he was talking up Dallas Goddard. Mm. And Dallas Goddard, that he's just been, he used the word uncoverable in training camp. Dallas Goddard has never scored more than four touchdowns in a season. I feel like he's a guy who could all of a sudden pop up and score like nine or 11 touchdowns in a high octane Eagles offense. Um, so I, I, I'm starting to draft more of him. 
I, I think sometimes, uh, you know, there's so much focus on the early parts of the draft and your wide receiver two and everything. And a lot of times it's one when you, with like the sixth or seventh receiver you take that you can just use as your third receiver way more consistently than you expected going into the season. I'm just going to throw some names at, at you. I don't know if any are on your sleeper list, but just some interesting late receiver names. You tell me if you like anyone or don't like them. I'm going to go Michael Thomas, Elijah Moore, Bateman, Sky Moore, and let's throw in OBJ. Just pick one or two out of those. Who stands out either as a good or a bad guy? Well, I was actually going to bring up Sky Moore because it looks like he is locked into two receiver sets right yeah, now. I like him. Low rookie season, but man, he was coming out of Western Michigan, and it's not uncommon for Andy Reid to slow play rookies. Um, you know, think about the quarterback in Kansas City. Um, I think he, I think Sky Moore is going to jump right into that Juju Smith-Schuster role. Juju Smith-Schuster had over 900 yards last year, and I think that Sky Moore, there's a chance that Sky Moore is, like, more talented than Juju Smith-Schuster. We also had Mar- Matt Harmon on the show, uh, famous for his reception perception on work on wide receivers, and he thought that what he saw out of Sky Moore last year, you want to talk about a guy who watches all the tape, that's Matt Harmon. He thought that what Sky Moore did, even his in his minimal opportunities, he thinks that he's going to break out in his second season. Do you have, um, when you're scanning the league, and maybe this isn't for the star players, but teams that you won't touch if you're, there's a certain environment or an offensive scheme that you don't like, um, where you just say, nope, I'm going to, if it's all things being equal, I'm ignoring Team X? I can't believe that the Steelers brought back Matt Canada. Uh, as their offensive coordinator, I mean, blame Canada. After the season, I just like took, you know, like a month off and like just slept, and uh, and then when I woke up, I was like, Canada is still the Steelers' offensive coordinator. <laughs> That's so a worst that- case scenario for Sessler to ask that question. He's riding the Steelers hard this summer, so now he's mm-hmm. nervous. I can well, tell. we'll see. You know, well, we will see. Wow, you don't want to get in uh, Silva's crosshairs if you're like a bad OC. Silva can get the fangs out sometimes, especially <laughs> if it's late at night. And the players, you know, he he values them and he says they're good or not. But if there's like an OC in Silva's crosshairs, he will put he will put them underground verbally <laughs> on the written page. And Matt Canada sound, sounds like that guy this year. Like he, it's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Last one for me. The Niners have all sorts of skill players. I'm kind of bringing up things that are bringing me stress. Uh, Debo, Ayuk, CMC, Kittle. Any of those guys that kind of bust is strong, especially in that offense, uh, but guys you're staying away from or guys that you think, like Ayuk's getting a lot of pop for maybe finally becoming a a number one. Like, where are you coming down on these Niners skill players? I I like them all. I mean, their offense is going to be really good again. The, The problem, though, is that, because there are so many dudes there that are really good at football, um, you're just you're going to have to live with the ups and downs. They're going to be boomer bust on a weekly basis. Debo's going to have monster games, and then he's going to have games where he has four catches for 34 yards. You know, George Kittle is famous for that. Uh, you know, like he's almost streaky. Like he'll have three games where it's like this is the best tight end in the NFL, and then he'll disappear for four weeks. So it just at the end of the day, you just you have to kind of live with it, live with those ups and downs for that team. Christian McCaffrey will be consistent, though. Right to me, though, Debo is such an obvious, I think, by low guy. Just 
That's I agree. So one of the best ways to play fantasy is just like talented guys who have already established that they can have a high level of production. Take them off a bad year, period. If you just 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 do that, you'll probably do pretty well because he was going and probably I don't remember, but rounds two or three last year. And now it's five oh, yeah. or six. It's pretty simple. Just take that guy. He, and he also sounds like he kind of knows he blew it last year and, and is very much ready. Well, he showed up. He, he showed, showed up. up fat, yeah. yeah. And, and now he looks like an absolute beast. I mean, there have been videos all over the Internet. I mean, he's, he's cut up this year. He's been boxing. He looks like a stud. He would be on my list of, of guys that I would be trying to get in any big draft. I mean, Evan, have you ever in your life, you're a you're last one dude, for Evan, big dude, um, you know, out in the in the, the the taverns and the bars of America. Have you ever been, been into a, a verbal or physical fight over fantasy football with someone? Great question. That's that's how you close it. Um. No, no, not 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 over fantasy football. How about believe. about something? I else. actually don't believe. That. I don't know if I that believe that. that kind of looked like <laughs> a guy that was lying. <laughs> Silva, you've said it all. We thank you so much. Uh, establish the run. Follow Evan. Uh, doing great work over there since its inception. What, like five years ago now? Yeah. Look at yep. you We're getting your business off. Great podcast over there spot. too. I listen to it every week. Thank you, Big Fish. Thanks, guys. See, See you, Evan. Later. Thank you. Um, All right. Two things. Uh, one about Evan. Wait, did I do the thing, though, like at the Combine press conference where there's one more question and I took it somewhere that's not going to add value? And then everybody just good. groaned for their feature. Yeah, that, that was yeah. perfect. He's working okay. on his own feature. I was curious. I, I, I actually want to know if he had. So um, I, Evan's the only one of the reasons I like Evan is like it doesn't matter how ridiculous your intro is or anything you say to Evan. <laughs> like if, if we do. A 37-second ramp-up where I'm saying we're literally fishing for him and pulling him into a boat <laughs> as Mark is behind grinding into my buttocks. Right. He's not going to smile. No. He's just like, there is just, he's a fish. Like, he's just like staring back right at you, and it's unsettling. <laughs> um, finally, <laughs> uh, the the only other thing about Debo, Greggy, and I'm with you, um, but and, and kind of maybe circling back to the point as we wrap things up here, like draft guys who you want, draft guys you want with you. Debo, I had a couple years ago, and he was just unbelievable. But the one thing you got to deal with Debo, if you're watching Niners games in real time, he's going to have, there's going to be two moments in every game where it looks as if Debo Samuel just suffered not a season threatening injury, but a life threatening injury. <laughs> you're so and right with him. He's dead on the field. Right. And he's basically, you're thinking, oh, here comes the cart. Oh, here comes the towel over the head. He's his helmet's ripped off. He's screaming. He's on the sideline. You're screaming at Fox to give me another sideline shot. And I've never seen a man in more pain. It was like he just shot in the stomach with a shotgun. And then he's back on the field in three. Well, steps. there's a, there's a, like a, a FIFA soccer element to his game. There's a mental. Degree. There's a yes. There's a a mental capacity. You're taking a hit when you watch him. I recommend just enjoying Debo Samuel fantasy player from afar, <laughs> not in real time. That's my final That's good advice. Anybody I, else have a final thought as we wrap things up? No, I think uh, I think you handled it. I uh, I think doing your draft a little closer to the season is nice. So you don't get you don't get in trouble. But I'm glad we're getting this episode out a little earlier. I know you're drafting this weekend, Dave. Sunday night. It's yep. starting to crank up. This next weekend, the weekend after, the following week is is when it most happens. But I do think the idea, um, you know, that it's supposed to be fun. You know, you want to take it seriously, but you want to take you want to take guys you like. That's that's all I'm saying. It's your, your team. Dan. You're gonna have to live with this guy. These guys. I'll part live of your with family. It. I don't care who it is. You're, you're producing. Now it gets a little thorny if we're talking about 
DW again. A little thorny if he's on your real team, because then it gets a little messy. My fantasy team, I can divorce sure. myself from basically anything. Right. I would draft OJ in 1974. I, I don't care. He's on well, my team. Well, you didn't know what was going to happen back then. Oh, that's a good point. But in your league, because I know it's your friends and your guy <laughs> friends, but like you're in a league employee who's bathed in you know football data left and right. Do they ever sort of look at you and say, "Not fair"? You should have a different job if you. Yeah, I catch heat for that. That's part of the fun. Do you win the league or league? Do you I'm win? always in the playoffs. I've made multiple deep runs. I have titles. Yeah, I, I. It would be bad if I was bombing in that league. I'd get killed for it. So I'm representative to what I should be, considering the amount of hours we put into it. Well, you should be winning them. But again, it's here. annoying because I look. This is a great cheat sheet for me today's episode. But I, there are people in our league, like Shalin, Bob, um, Greg. They listen to our podcast, so now everything that I wrote down is a good point. Not only did they hear that as well, they're like, oh, Dan reacted to that in a different way. It's, it's banging me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but we should stop baby broadcast yes, this episode. Would, that reminds me of the the NBC Sports slash Rotorol draft we would do every year. And everyone was going off my damn rankings. That's <laughs> I can't, can't do anything. I'm getting boxed out on all the guys I want. It would be quite just to do it one year, like totally go opposite uh, all your takes on, on the public sector. Sure. Just to kill your draft. Sure, yeah. I would be a move. All right. Thank you to everybody. Thank you again to all our guests uh, that make the fantasy extravaganza. Give me my music. Florio, Grant, Darty, Silva. I mean, that's a murderer's row. And we thank them all. Uh, good luck in your drafts. Until Thursday, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.